0: morning family. It's great to be with you. It's great to be with you as a family and um, a long weekend. so great to see so many of you uh, here this morning and uh, to share with you the word. My name is Rudo. I'm part of the eldership here at at this congregation and and what a privilege to share with you the word, um, a word that it's not part of a sermon series, but a word that I feel um, this morning for each one of us, for me definitely, but I pray that God will come and speak to each one of our hearts, and I pray that it's an a in-season word for each one of us this morning. Um, you're welcome to open up your Bibles if you have your Bibles uh, with, with you this morning, Uh, You can either, we're going to stay in the same text for quite a while this morning, and so we're going to study it together. You can also follow me on the screen um, if you don't have your Bibles with me, and I pray that we're going to have an incredible time, 2 Chronicles 20, and open up in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, it says, thus says the Lord to you, right, so this morning we know that God is in this place, amen, and He's speaking, into each one of our hearts, and are you ready to receive a word from him? Here we go. It says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde, multitude, army, people, crowd, situation, whatever. For the battle is not yours, but it is God's. <laughs> it is not your battle, it is God's. And so, it is always wise to choose our battles, right? Do you think about this morning when you were maybe a little bit late and fingers was pointed and questions was asked and coffee was forgotten and now you're late? Choose your battle, right? Because you still want the lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe you get home from work, you're hungry, food is not prepared, the kids are pointing each other with Vienna's. It's chaos sometimes. I don't know, Eugene, how it is to have four children. In that moment, you choose your battles, even if the house is a little bit untidy. Don't ask that question. Right? You choose. There's moments you can choose your battle when you get the invite to go to a, a, a bra or to an event, and there was some miscommunication. Now, you did not bring your own drinks, and you forgot the camping chairs. Am I right? And now you have to ask someone else if you can have some up there go light. I don't know. Is it just me? Is it just us? In that moment, just choose your battles. Just leave it there. But What do you do when the battle chooses you? What do you do when the battle pitches up at your doorstep and you didn't order it? You did not make the take-a-lot order. You didn't ask for it. You did not expect it. It slaps you twice before you even realize that you're in this battle. Right? What do you do then? So the sermon topic that I want to share with you this morning is unexpected. It's, it's unexpected. If, if I say the word unexpected, what comes to mind? Maybe for some of you, maybe Eugene, when you, when you realized for the first time you got twins, and you had a conversation with Renee, was it like, that was a bit unexpected? No, for, for some of us, there's, there's moments that you can go to and you know, yes, I've just put my food in the oven and, the, and now it's load shedding and that's a bit un, unexpected, right? We are dealing with so many unexpected things in our lives. And so we're going to look at the story of King Joshua in 2 Chronicles 20 from verse 1 and so we're going to pray and then we're going to read the scripture together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, and thank you that we can look at your word, learn from your word, Lord, apply it to our lives, and know, Lord, that you are a God, the same God throughout all generations. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you, if you can open up in 2 Chronicles 20, I'm going to read the story of King Jehoshaphat. He was the, the fourth king of Judah, the kingdom in the south. His father was King, king Asa. There's a little bit of a ring here. I don't know if you can just... Um, sort that out for me, please, brother. And King Asa and King Jehoshaphat, both of these two kings was good kings. They were obedient. They, they did what was good in the sight of the Lord. Remember, there was always a, a, some good kings and some bad kings. And so King Asa was a good king. And then his son, King Jehoshaphat, he also did what was good and obedient in the sight of the Lord. And we read a few chapters before, he did do some silly things. There was some, some silly stuff that he did if you read one or two chapters earlier. But, but he learned his lesson. And so now, he, when trouble comes, when adversities come, he's, he's, he's in the place where he's going to be tested and see what his faith really is. And so at this point before chapter 20... Everything is good. They just went through this reformation, if you read chapter 19, the spiritual reformation, the political reformation, where he put, he, he, he put all sorts of judges in place and priests in place and prophets in place. And he said you have to judge from a point of view, view through the view of God, the fear of God. And so they went through this, Judah went through the spiritual reformation, right? And just as everything is good. Just as they were thriving, just as they got momentum, you know those moments? Just as everything seems to be going well, we read verse 1 in chapter 20. It says, after this, after this reformation, the Moabites and Ammonites and with them some of the Munites, let me just get it here some of the Munites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. So three countries uniting, aligning, and coming against Judah to battle. And some of the men of of Judah came to tell Jehoshaphat. You tell him. No, you tell him. How am I going to tell him? You tell him. Let's all tell him. A great multitude is coming against you from Edom. (laughs) From beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazazazon Tamar, that is the Engedi. Now, let's just pause there for a moment. After this, Joshua just reformed the country spiritually, right? And so now this opportunity presents itself where he can exercise his faith. Judah was. Completely outnumbered in this battle, this was three nations coming together, rising up against Judah. This battle was much bigger than they. Much bigger. It was a much bigger battle, and they were coming from behind. Have you ever had one of those battles that caught you off guard? It's from behind. From the side of the Dead Sea and in Getty was about, it was about 42 kilometers, 40, 42 kilometers to Jerusalem. Uh, That's a marathon. I mean, on a good day, I can run it in six hours. Donnie trains me maybe five hours. Four and a half, maybe. Can you see there's not time to, to make a plan? There's not time to have a strategy. There's not time to organize people and have a Zoom meeting. There's no time to do these things, these things, friends. The battle is coming and they're coming fast. They are already in the bay and they are approaching Judah. This battle is is coming onto them fast. Have you ever had the thing that caught you off God? Completely off God. There's no time to read a book, no time for a strategy, no time to consult 12 people. Have you ever had that? moment where the battle is on your doorstep and you didn't ask for it came from the back, unexpected, an unexpected battle. And for us, um, one of these moments was um, maybe some of you know this. I just want to grab this. Maybe some of you know this that a few uh, so a, a year and a half, almost two years now ago, my son, um, he was uh, diagnosed with a medical condition. And, and so he wears this little trache all the time. Okay? So it's a little pipe like this. And I don't want to go into the detail of that. But just when this battle happened, right, just when we received this battle, which was another story and a very unexpected battle on his own, right. But he was in a, for a month in hospital, His life is now saved. We got home. And they gave us two of these little pipes. And so we have to change them every day. And so with the thinking of everything in hospital, they use it once and then they throw it away. And so they send us home with two of these and they say, well, just change it um, every day. You know, that's sort of easy. Didn't give us a lot of detail around it. And so we have to clean it, obviously, because it sits right here in his throat and he's breathing through it. And so one day, literally in the first week since we have Sammy back home, my wife put this little pipe in. Um, you know if you have kids and you sterilize the bottles and everything in a little, in a buck or a bowl? You put it in the, in the microwave? And so she put this thing in the microwave in that to sterilize it. And when it came out, it literally melted. It's melted like it was burned. And I was like, well, that's unfortunate. So I promise we are good parents trying to keep our son alive. But now we've melted the thing. We didn't know. We didn't know how to clean it. It's just you, you didn't know. It's unexpected. And so <laughs> take 300 Rand, went to the pharmacy, saying, well, I'm going to buy three so that we can have enough. The guy at the pharmacy said, well, this is surgical equipment. You'll have to go back to the hospital. Maybe their pharmacy they'll have it. So I went to the hospital, to their pharmacy, tell them, listen, I would like to have some of these little pipes because we burned one. The guy said, well, that's surgical equipment. We're going to have to find out from the ICU if they have it. So I said, well, if they do have, please send some of three or four down so that I can have enough. <laughs> right? And so... They, they, let, they let us know from the ICU that there's only one. I said, well, at least there's one. So they brought it down, ring it up. And this little pipe is 5,000 Rand. 5,000 Rand. That's when I knew the battle is real. That's when I knew it was an unexpected battle. It was a battle that I was not prepared for. Right? I turned around. I went home. I didn't even buy it. I didn't know what to do. So look at what Jehoshaphat did. This fight was bigger than him. You know those fights that's just bigger than you? Came from behind. Caught you off guard. Slapped you twice. Didn't even know that you are in this battle. Verse 3, it says, Then Jehoshaphat, I'm going to read from my Bible, Verse 3, it says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he set his face to the Lord. I love that response. He was afraid, but he set his face to the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah, you know, the, the new temple, the temple that Solomon just built, the place where the ark is, the presence of God is. Joshaphat stood in that place. God's presence is in that place. And he was saying, "And um, Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, oh Lord, starting to pray, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not our God, listen to how he's starting to remind God, did you not our God drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Let's pause there again for a moment. We don't always know how to respond, friends. You know, when a battle comes up to you and it's unexpected, how how do you, we have to know how to respond? You don't always know how to how to respond. It's almost like an unexpected response, even in this moment. Because just two chapters ago, Joshaphat was in a battle. He did face a battle. But that time he went with Ahab and he almost got himself killed. And so he learned the lesson. But what he could have done is, he could have assembly, assembled the armies. There was an army ready and prepared, in, in a sense. There was men. He could have assembled the army and said, well, I don't know what to do, but we're going to fight, right? He even could have phoned the king of the north. At that stage, Ahab died in that silly thing that they have did. And so his son was ruling Ahaz, let's try it again. Ahaziah, he was ruling. And so he could have told him and said, Listen, you owe me. I almost got got myself killed and my my country uh, lost. And so now you owe me. You have to come and help me. And so he could have asked the north to come and help them here in the south and fight the battle. But not this time. Not this time. This time he turned to God. This time he prayed. This time he called a fast. This time he realized that this fight is bigger than him. They do not know how to do it. And he, re, he started reminding God of who he is and what he has done. Did you pick it up? He said, Are you not God of the heavens? We are here on the earth. Are you not the God of the heavens? Are you not the God of the heavens? Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants and gave this land for us? Is that not what you already have done? And it wasn't connected to a time period. You did it forever. You gave this land to us forever. And he started reminding God of who he is and what he has done in the past. Don't take on a fight that's not your fight, friends. Don't take on a battle that's not your battle. You see, people have their own opinions over your life and sometimes the comments on Facebook is not your battle. There's certain areas in your life with certain battles that's not your battle. It is bigger than you. Can you see this morning that there's battles in your life that's bigger than you? It's not your battle. It's not your battle. And if you take them on, you're going to lose. You're going to struggle. You're going to do it from yourself. Maybe there's some of you this morning that's trying to fight certain battles from yourself and from your own um, strength. And I think the encouragement lies in turning to God. Listen to how Jehoshaphat continues in his prayer from verse eight. He's saying, and they have lived in it and have built for you in a sanctuary for your name's saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sore judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house. And we'll cry out to, to you in our affliction. And we know that you will hear us and save us. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir. Whom You would not listen to this. You would not let Israel invade them when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us now by coming to drive us out of your position, which you have given to us to inherit. And then he says, oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. And if you forget anything this morning, I hope you can, can hear these words. How Joshua is saying, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Verse 10 says, the... the the way Jehoshaphat is praying almost in this moment change a little. The nature changes a little from verse 8 because he was reminding God of who he is and what he has done. But then he's, he's, he's taking an interesting turn. In verse 10 he says, The men of Ammon and Moab whom you would not let us invade previously. There was previous opportunities where Israel could take out the, the Ammonites and the Moabites. There was opportunities where they could have fought and won the battle and God wouldn't let them. And then they wouldn't have had the problem. And so now the king is reminding God that really this is not our problem. You would not let us invade them when we had the opportunity. Now they are here and they're uniting and now they want to take us out. And now it is your problem with all due respect, God. That is what he's saying. This is your problem. And then he goes on and he's saying, it is even your possession. And what do you do if something is your possession, right? If it's your possession, you protect it. And so Jehoshaphat is saying to God, God, this is your possession. And so therefore, it's your problem. You have to protect it. And what he's actually saying to him is, we do not know what to do. But you gave this land to us because we are your possession. We are your possession. We are your sons and daughters. We are in inheritance. We are um, uh, uh, descendants of Abraham who was your friend. We are your treasure. And I hope you can hear this morning how God is saying over you that you are his possession. You are his treasure. He sings over you When you have a battle, it becomes his problem. Can you see how someone bigger stands up when you're in a battle and you do not know what to do? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt those words It says you're at this place and the battle is bigger than you and you say, I don't know what to do. Don't know what to do. And sometimes it takes more faith not to fight. Sometimes it takes more faith not to fight back, to stand back and to say, well, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this thing, but I see this battle. And so I went home, and we took this little pipe. He said, Lord, we don't know. This battle is bigger than us, but we turn to you. And so we turned to God turned to God. We said, Lord, we, we turned to you about this thing. I mean, I could have used the savings of the children to buy this thing. The medical aid didn't want to pay it. We already had two. They already gave us two. We messed one up. So the battle belongs to God. And we said to Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And we we are expected to see what you are going to do. Almost an unexpected response because in our day and age, we love to do everything from ourselves. That is what we do. We do it from ourselves. And the unexpected response is that we turn to God because it takes more faith not to fight. And so let's continue verse 13 and we see the unexpected victory. See, how God responds when we say to God, God, I don't know what to do. This battle is bigger than me, it came from behind. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, wives and their children. The uh, Spirit of, of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Listen to this, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asap in the midst of the assembly. Why did you read all these names? Because in every one of these generations, God showed that he is faithful. God fought battles in each of these generations for each of these, these assemblies, that God won and not the people. And so God is coming to remind them that I am a generational God. And he said to them, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and king of Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde that is coming your way, for the battle is not yours, but it is God. You, now you start to, to find out, yes, yes, Lord, right? The battle is yours. And then then it says in verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. No, Lord, (laughs) right? (laughs) They're like, no, you just said the battle is yours. Okay, wait, hold on. It says, it says, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. And then verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. But stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Very interesting, in contrast to earlier battles in chapter 13 and 14, you can go and read, they had to fight. Sometimes, friends, I'm not saying this message, is not saying that now you have to leave everything. I'm saying there's certain battles that we are fighting that's bigger than you. That's not your battle to fight. Choose your battle. Then there's battles. Maybe you are going to fight like we see in chapter 13 and 14. They were fighting. But this time, Judah's part was only to pray for God's help. Trust in His word. Worship Him. And then watch, thankfully, what He does. Watch, Thankfully, what he does and how he destroys the the enemy. Listen, friends, if Judah would have fought in this battle, if they would have went down the ascent of Ziz with their spears and their battle material, they would have lost this battle. If they would have phoned or texted or made a, a Facebook post for the king of the north to come and help them in the south, and they would have come down, and they would have fought in this battle... They would have lost. 100%. They would have lost this battle. Because this battle, this battle was not their battle. That does not mean that we're not going to face it. God is saying, get up. Stand firm. You're going to face them. You're not going to fight them. Sometimes, we're still going to have to face our enemies, face our battles, face our situations and trust God to fight for us. Amen? Are you with me this morning? Some of you are anxious about situations, decisions, battles that's not yours, bigger than you, that belongs to God, it's coming from the back. Maybe it's sin, maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's finances. God is saying this morning, quit fighting the battles that's mine. Give it back to me. See what I do. Because greater is he that is inside of you than he that is in the world. Amen? So you do not have to fight this battle, but you're going to face it. That's the message of this verse. You're going to face it, but you're not going to fight it. You're going to see my salvation, but you're not going to do the work, do the action. I want you to position yourself in a different way. It takes more faith not to fight. Put back your sword, Peter. This is not your fight. This is my fight. Do you remember that moment? Put back your sword. This is my fight. And so, in some way, we do not know how it happened, but someone heard about our situation. Not know. I, to this day, I do not know how. Someone heard about this thing that's a real battle now for us. We do not know when we're going to hit the next one. But we only heard afterwards that our complex started raising money within the complex community. And within a few hours, we had enough to pay this thing double. It's not my battle to fight. It's battle? There's certain battles that's bigger than us, that is only God's to fight. And then we read how God responds in this moment. Verse 18, it says, "Then Joshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah, do you remember Barak? That is what he was doing. He was lying with his face to the ground. He was worshiping God of what he's just saying. This is not your battle. I will face it. I I will fight it. You only have to face it. And so he's lying with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites and the Kohathites, and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord and God, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And listen to this unexpected positioning. And they rose early in the next morning and they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went down, they went out, Joshaphat's students said, "Hear me, Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord and the God, your God, and you will be established, believe in His prophets, and you will succeed." And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were singing to the Lord and praised him in holy attire, and they went before the army. He positioned worship in front of the battle. And he said, God is saying, we're going to go to the ascent, we're going to go to the cliff, we're going to go to the, to the Mount of Ziz, you're going to worship me and you're going to face this battle, but you're not going to fight it. And they were singing and they were giving thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they had began to sing in praise, listen to this, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon and Moab and, Mo, and the Mount of Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were rooted They thought they were going in in, in a certain direction, and they were rooted, and they were confused. And so when they started battling, they started battling each other. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devouting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of, of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. The message was that God did it. They stood on this cliff and they watched how God confused the enemy. And in a certain way, they destroyed themselves. And it said, if you read from verse 24, they went down and they, there was no one alive. The whole enemy was destroyed and they picked up the spoils for three days. And only on the fourth day, they returned to Jerusalem. Can you imagine that story? You imagine telling that story to the people back home? how did it went? No, we won. How? No, we just watched. We sing. Amazing. Why did it take you so long? No, we had to pick up all the stuff. (laughs) They positioned themselves from a place of worship, and they worshiped God, friends, and they did it because it wasn't their battle to fight. Amen. What does the gospel say? Listen to this, John 3 verse 16. Very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. God gave his only son. So that we do not have to fight the battles that's bigger than us. That's why God gave his son. So that we can be saved. That is what Joshaphat was saying. Is that's what God was saying to Joshaphat. See the salvation. There, the gospel was already there. See what I'm going to do for you. In almost in a sim in a similar way, when Jesus was then on the earth and he was going to he was going to 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 Zacchaeus was going to Zacchaeus' house, and people hated him, but he was still a Jew. He was still a friend of Abraham. He was still a descendant of Abraham. And Jesus is saying to Zacchaeus that day in his house, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. Redemption is also for you. Rescue is also for you. The battle that's bigger than you is also for you because you are a friend of God. You are his possession. You are his son and his daughter. You are his treasure. And God saved him in that moment. That is why Jesus came. is for us, friends, to be saved. To come and fight this battle on our, our behalf. And I know that there's real things that's going on in each one of your lives this, today, this morning. And my prayer is this morning that you can hear That verse, it says, where where Jehoshaphat was saying before God, I do not know what to do. In my situation, my circumstances, I do not know what to do. And our God is saying, you do not have to fight this battle. This is my battle. When the battle is too big for you, I want to ask you to this week, Every morning this week, don't you want to read? Just read Josh a fat Let it stir faith in your heart as he was reminding God, as he was, was um, reaching out to God, as he was saying, Lord, we do not know, but you know you are the God of the heavens. Just read really his prayer each morning this week. And position yourself in God. Position yourself in worship. Position yourself from a place where you know that this thing is bigger than you, but God is bigger than the problem. He always wins the battle. And when I prayed prophetically, I want to ask the band if you guys can come up. We're going to respond by singing this song together, this anthem. And I prayed over you this morning and, Some of you, maybe not all of you, maybe this is not for all of you, maybe you're in in that place where you know this message and you are there every morning giving your things to God and well done. May God be in that place with you. But when I prayed over some of you this morning, this is the words that I felt is help. (laughs) Help is on the way. Help is on the way because we have a God that is bigger than us. Amen. He's bigger than us. He fights the battles that's bigger than us, that comes from behind. He's bigger than us. And he's saying, help is on the way. Don't you want to stand this morning and as we sing this song, as we cry out this morning that the battle belongs to Him, don't you want to give those things to Him and say, Lord, I do not know how to do it. I do not have the, the wisdom. I do not know how to, how to fight this battle, but I'm giving it to You because You are bigger than anything. You always win the battle. And Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning, that you will come, Lord, and your word is true, Lord. Your word is everlasting. These stories are everlasting, Lord. We learn from it and we try only, Lord, to apply it to our lives with the help of your Holy Spirit. And in this moment, Holy Spirit, I want to ask that you will come into each heart and make known to us the things that we are battling that is only taking up time. It, that's, what the, that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants to keep us busy with things that we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to battle. Help us, Lord, to give it to you so that we can focus on the things that you have called us to do. Thank you for this word. Thank you that we know that you are God and that the battle belongs to you.